0: Hello and welcome to Lost in Science. It is our last show for 2018. Thank you for joining us for the last half hour of science for the year.
1: Should old acquaintances be forgot? Sorry? Should, I'm doing old lang syne. I'm doing like the old lang syne oh, song. Chris. Oh, Chris. Oh, it's a kind of bittersweet, isn't it? The end it of the is.
0: Year? It is bittersweet.
2: It's and good it's a, and it's bad.
0: Yeah. And I think that's what we've got on the show today.
2: Good and bad. A little what, what bit of the good, a little about, bit of the bad. What are you saying about what we've prepared? <laughs> <laughs> My bag's bad.
0: <laughs> I'm only talking about what I'm bringing to the show today. I mean, I'm talking about some good science, some um, funny science, and some science that will make you hurl.
1: I think that's what we're all doing. Is we're doing – we're basically – <laughs>
0: Some gross science.
1: Yeah, we're doing a look of back the at the year. year that was, aren't we? And yeah. we're doing our highlights and lowlights. lights. That, would you describe yeah, that currently? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah.
0: Looking, about, yeah, looking back at 2018 with a little bit of a wistful eye, wondering yeah. what next year will hold in the world of science.
1: And making, taking the chance to cover some things that we may have neglected to cover as well.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, there are a few of those things. Oh, yeah,
2: yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Mean, We're also
0: covering our bases. You
2: mean, you mean we can't cover all the science that happens every week in, in half an hour? That's, that seems far-fetched.
0: It does, it does seem far-fetched. So please stay with us for a half an hour of science that we have missed out, but we will bring it to you in the most entertaining um, and uh, fastest way, way possible in the next half hour. 2018. It's been a big year for science um, and we still have a couple of days left. So um, it might. TikTok. Yeah. TikTok TikTok. scientists. Surely they've
2: taken, you know, Taking the end of the year off, they're all, they're all in shutdown. Most mode. most
0: institutions have probably shut shut down, but you know, science doesn't just stop when the institutions just well, stop. That's true. There's oh.
2: probably some mad scientists out there yeah. doing doing evil Christmas and New Year's yeah, experiments yeah, in their basements. Like, like, yeah, exactly. Hello, early in the year, I popularized sorry, I Wu, um, the uh, story yes. of
1: Chen Wu, the Chinese American physicist who did her most famous experiment over the New Year
2: period when everyone else was on holiday.
0: Well, you can get um, access to a lot of equipment that's yeah. um, to book I was, was when... going to
2: say she just probably needed the centrifuge and she couldn't get a booking. <laughs> um, so
0: anyway, uh, 2018 um, was a big year in science. I'm going to bring you three stories um, that I think one will make you think, one will make you laugh and one will make you hurl. Excellent. <laughs> Strap yourselves in everyone. Um, so my first story. So this is actually one for uh, that's been recently published, very recent. Um, in the past couple of weeks, scientists have found that there is a huge underground ecosystem um, under our feet, in the five kilometres down in the earth, um, containing billions of diverse microorganisms. So is this is a laugh, think or hurl
2: question. This one? is the think. This okay, is okay, the
0: yeah. we're standing on a more diverse ecosystem than the Amazon. So this is, make you there's, think.
2: There's there's An ecosystem in the lithosphere. Yeah. Wow.
0: Yeah, there is a whole ecosystem, exactly, in the lithosphere. In the lithosphere.
1: Yes, in the lithosphere. (laughs) We're not talking hollow earth situation here. We're not talking, you know, those movies where they go into a cavern and they find dinosaurs and stuff. No. Yeah,
0: like Jules Verne-esque, yeah. Journey to the Centre of the Earth. No. Well, I mean, um, so there's there's a bunch of scientists from something called the Deep Carbon Observatory and they're a group of over 1,000 different scientists, microbiologists, soil scientists, geologists, all these people working together um, from around the world um, on this sort of 10-year project looking at what is in the 5 kilometer, um, you know, Underground area of soil um, and um, and I guess also w-
1: w- lots of rocks and stuff. So how do we know? Do they are they drill down or? So they, yeah, they're drilling
0: down. Yeah, and um, and uh, yeah, despite the fact that it's extremely hot down there, uh, there's no light, there's very little nutrition, um, and there's intense pressure. They found. They're estimating that there's between 15 and 23 billion tons of microorganisms. Wow. Yes. Yeah, so this is hundreds of times the combined weight of every human on the planet wow. underneath our feet. Yes.
1: Yes. Well, you know, as I guess, as Ben Folds taught us, everything's happy underground. So.
0: <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So there's thousands of scientists. So they're all drilling down into the ground around the world. Yeah. But not just... On land, they're also doing drilling um, in the ocean okay. to, to to find out um, what the ecosystem looks like down there, um, and they're very excited because this is biodiversity and gene diversity that that we haven't ever had access to before. Um, so you know there could be any number of interesting new species with different genes coding for different things. Um, you know, being able to process um, chemicals or um, methane and all sorts of things that we can, you know, humans being humans, use for our own advantage. Um,
2: and- it is interesting because the the environment down there must be so different to what it is on the surface. So there's you know be very low oxygen levels and high levels of Things like you're saying methane and carbon dioxide and all these other things be a great place to look for organisms that can convert carbon dioxide and methane into something else.
0: That's that's Perfect. exactly right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a it is a very exciting um, time to be alive. So number two, um, that'll make you laugh. In 2018, scientists discover what happens when you give um, the drug ecstasy to octopus. Um, so- <laughs> Well, octopi.
1: Do they hug everything with eight arms? Well, (laughs) yes,
0: they do. So this is a science experiment. Um, Yes, was published in October in 2018, Um, and the reason it got ethics approval was because the scientists wanted to look at how, like, they found out that pretty much that octopus um, genes contain contain genes that code for proteins that process serotonin. Okay. So serotonin is a drug that's involved in, um, you know, to make you happy and, um, and you know, it's what's involved when you um, when humans take MDMA or ecstasy. So um, pretty much after the analyzing the octopus genome, um, they found that octopuses too have these genes that code for serotonin. Um, and, yeah, it's – so they – decided, okay, well, maybe let's give um, MDMA to octopuses and see what happens. Um, will they act like humans act, in which case they'll be using the serotonin like humans use serotonin? And um, they they did. They couldn't give the octopus serotonin orally, so they put them in a bath. Oh, sorry, they couldn't give um, the MDMA orally, so they put them in a bath. Um, containing the MDMA or ecstasy. And then the animals moved to a chamber with three rooms to pick from. So there was a central room, a room containing a male octopus and another containing a toy. And before um, the octopus had the drug, they avoided the male octopus. And then after they had the drugs, um, they spent a lot more time hanging out with the other octopus. Um, they touched the other octopus in what seemed to be a um, an exploratory rather than an aggressive manner um, they were and just like qualitatively the scientists reported that they saw the octopuses swimming with um, you know grace and just calm and just uh, freedom. so interesting. <laughs> That's very cool huh um, And finally um, the story that will make you nauseous. Uh, So a paper has just been published that describes a new way to get host DNA um, from monkeys, in this case, by isolating it from feces. It's a method that enables you to determine, I guess, an animal's genotype without um, hurting it or even capturing it. This is all good. This is great. But the thing that will make you um, a bit nauseous is that When this paper was published in the journal Nature, someone with a very astute eye focused in on a figure in the paper. And the figure in the paper was a monkey and then there was a little poo next to it. And if you magnify the poo in the paper like hundreds and hundreds of times, you see that it's not just any old poo. The poo has the face of Donald Trump. So somehow the scientists have managed to sneak in Donald Trump's face onto a poo and then published it in the journal Nature, which is pretty great. <laughs> Makes me a little bit sick. Commentary. Oh, these political scientists in 2018, mm. I tell you what. Anyway, turd is the word. Um, thanks, 2018. You've been great. Um I'm looking forward to seeing what 2019 has in store for us.
1: Back on. Okay, yes, we are looking back at 2018. I thought, like, I would just kind of look back and look at what might some of my biggest stories that I, that, that didn't, maybe something we reported on sure, and things that, yeah. that stood out to me. Um,
0: yeah. Is there, is this a Stephen Hawking alert?
1: I no, think going to be some Stephen Hawking. In this, <laughs> yes. Um, I was wondering th- when no, it was going is, to come. There at. is some Stephen Hawking in this, but um, look, uh, look. Let's be honest. Like we actually, the story we covered a couple of weeks ago, which was the the CRISPR babies. Oh, that huge. may turn out to be one of the biggest stories of 2018. But history will judge us on that.
0: Do we have any updates on um, the scientist who hasn't been seen since? Uh,
1: yeah, I haven't. Heard, I haven't heard much, but. Um,
0: who I mean,
1: knows? we aren't well, we aren't in the inner sanctum of um, Chinese
0: science. Chinese science, no. so maybe we wouldn't hear much. But
1: look, yeah, before Why we don't talk about keys anymore, either. No, definitely mm. not. No. no. Before we talk about the things, uh, the big things that happened, I just want to make um, a point of some things that didn't happen. Oh yeah. Okay, so because we're always going to be, you know, there's expectations of stuff. So there were no new fundamental particles discovered at the Large, Large Hadron Collider, even though everyone thinks, oh, there's a hint of new particles. Still, nothing new coming out of it. Uh, dark matter still hasn't been discovered. Even though there's all these experiments, they're always experiment on the verge of discovering dark matter. Have they, um, have they looked behind the couch?
0: It's yeah, under the cushions, this under the good. cushions.
1: Um, life on Mars has not been discovered or anywhere else. Again, again, again. All there, these things.
0: There was a selfie on Mars though.
1: Yeah, that was, but that was like that was a robot. Yeah. Mm. Um, no miracle cures for cancer or anything like that. You know, we're still. Now we're trucking along, no new. That's not what the internet says. I know that's not what the internet (laughs) says, but no, I just want to. I just want to make the point that um, you know, every there's always kind of these big hype about announces, and this kind of stuff. But you know, there's a lot of still problems unsolved. Um, I just want to put you all in, in your perspective here. Yeah. Gosh, yeah. that's a downer, isn't it? Yeah. It's yeah, so a downer. tell us something good, Chris. Um, okay, what are the what are the good Well, okay, let's look at some of the stories that um that that we like this year. I mean, my personal favourites, of course, were the experiments that I did. My yeah. um water I've got dripping. I've
2: got to admit, the uh, the spaghetti twisting snaps was yeah. pretty fun. Not,
0: yeah, our studio hasn't been the same since.
2: No, we're still cleaning up.
0: Yeah.
1: Not all my home experiments worked. My um Yanni and Laurel recreation was a complete failure, but uh
2: Oh, look, I, I still think the jury's out on that. Some people are going to hear it and some people aren't. It's just, I think it's just one of those things. Yeah, exactly. But the
0: plonking, plinking yep. in the bathroom.
2: Yeah, that was good. The that was great. Plinking, plonking.
0: Plinking, yep. plonking of the water was a great success.
1: Yeah, and that was like one of those kind of unplanned sequences of, of stories that, that, worked, that emerged this year, such as another unplanned sequence of stories was um, Stephen Hawking's final paper, which we've got to cover a few of Stephen Hawking's final paper because, of course, Stephen Hawking did die earlier this year. Uh, famous uh, British physicist Most probably
2: scientist in the world Yeah, pretty much There's probably still a few more papers likely to come down with his name on them at some point Well, he had a book published recently as well
1: And I think that some of the publicity was around Trying to drum up publicity around the book right. That was, I think, Stephen Hawking Answers the Big Questions Or something like that it was called um, I should have that written down Because it's a fairly, fairly important point But It's also a you new can release book too So yeah. you
2: can probably find it in, in bookstores and online and stuff if you're looking for it.
1: But look, I did look over some of the science of the year and I did find some interesting trends. And one of the trends that I found in terms of big stories was uh, minor planets featuring quite heavily, like explore, exploring the asteroids and dwarf planets and this sort of thing. In in our solar system. In our solar system, yeah. yeah. And I'm not just talking like you're... Um, your Oumuamua or whatever it was the um the interstellar visitor that, well, that was discussed.
2: that was ver- that was a blip. It was really it was really a blip it was on passing the, through. Yeah, and and before they sort of realised it was here, it was gone. So, yeah,
1: but like we had two, um, there were two space probes that put that landed uh, things on asteroids um, with the aim of returning samples. There was the the Japanese probe Hayabusa two, which landed rovers on the asteroid Ryugu. And recently there was NASA's OSIRIS-REx, which intercepted with the asteroid Bennu. I don't know if it's actually put its thing down to grab a sample. I think it's going to lower down a kind of a sampling thing and, and pull something off it and send it back to Earth. Um, but yeah, that's kind of actually intercepting with the asteroids and getting samples from them. Um, there was the, the Dawn spacecraft, which finished its mission to um, visit Ceres, which is a dwarf planet in the asteroid belt. Uh, if it, it had previously visited VESA, another asteroid uh, in that area. There's a lot of this going on. It's also, um, well, it's not quite this year, but on the 1st of January next year, the New Horizons spacecraft, which is the one that visited Pluto in 2015, had that flyby of Pluto, it is going to rendezvous with the object called 4869582014MU69. Catchy name. It's also known as Ultima Thule because they thought it needed a more interesting name.
0: Ultimate
1: Thule. Ultima Thule. It's like means... It's like the furthest thing away. It's like a word term meaning the furthest oh, okay. thing away. Um, so it's a it's an object in the the Kuiper Belt, which is kind of the the of icy objects that's out beyond the um, the planets, the main yeah. planets of our solar system. So we're going to find out what these things are out there. Cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this I think this is all interesting because there's been a lot of speculation about you know, future technologies and mining asteroids and this sort of thing. And we're seeing a lot of activity of things actually visiting asteroids and minor planets. And this is, you know, becoming more and more of a feasible thing. And there are now like your your space entrepreneurs talking about doing this kind of stuff. Um, also, of course, good if we need to redirect something that's going to hit the Earth. It's good to be able to know that we can rendezvous with them. But yeah, I just think it's amazing that there is this how many spacecraft from various countries are out there exploring the solar system. Uh, There's a lot of activity going on there and, you know, every day it seems to be like a new asteroid is, is intercepted. So yeah, those are, that was my big takeaway, I think, from the year is, is dwarf planets. Although I did want to give a final shout to a story that I had <coughs> wanted to cover earlier in the year, but couldn't find a way to work it in because it's not a very big story. Um, it is a glowing purple ribbon that was seen in the sky of eastern Canada. Have you heard about this? No. No? Is this... A big ribbon or a small ribbon? Covering, like, arcing over the sky. It looks a bit like an aurora. It was thought to be a type of aurora. So auroras are caused by, um, you know, charged particles hitting the atmosphere and making, you know, atoms and molecules in the atmosphere glow. So they they analysed the, the rate of charged particles in the sky when this thing appeared and there was not any big increase in charged particles. So they realised it's a different phenomenon. They don't quite know what's causing it. Um, but it's a different phenomenon to an aurora. So it has its own name. Um, they've called it the Strong Thermal Emission Velocity Enhancement, um, or Steve for short. Steve. <laughs> now so there is a catchy name. I just want to give a shout out to, um, so hi, Steve. Um, we if finally, you're listening. We finally got you this year. <laughs> Travelling through another dimension. A dimension not only of sight and sound, but of mind. A journey into a wondrous land whose boundaries
2: are that of imagination. That's the signpost up ahead. Your next stop. Lost in science. So it's hard to pick my favourite stories of the year in science. And not just what we've covered on the show, because we've covered a lot of ground on the show. Um, Or underground in Claire's case. Indeed. Yeah. And, underground. You know, and yeah, I mean, we've done paleontology stories, people digging up fossils and things like that all the time. Um, there's a lot of underground stories, but I, I am always drawn back to space stories like Chris, I think, uh, in a lot of ways. So, I mean, you know, one of the things, I mean, NASA itself is probably still the biggest player in exploration stuff, even though... China's got a lunar orbiter, I think, just entered into orbit yep. around the moon. So that's, you know, it's it's not just the US who are doing these kind of um, historic things. The uh, European Space Agency is always setting stuff up.
1: Um, you've got, uh, yeah, Japan, you've got India even doing things. You've got yeah. quite a few different countries. And it,
2: yeah. it's interesting with Japan and India, they're doing it a lot cheaper than... You know, sort of the, the, certainly the old style NASA missions, Mm. but they're getting sort of closer to, there's a lot of countries working towards getting people back into space as well, which is interesting.
1: And I believe um,
2: Australia has a space agency now. Well, you know, do we though? It's fine. Sorry. Sorry. No, it's fine. I haven't got that on there okay um but do we though i mean do we even have a name for the space agency that was announced when was that announced and now that now that the prime minister's gone is it even going to happen we wonder i think a logo i've seen their logo what is it it's got
1: it's it's actually um it it's based on around various uh indigenous uh, constellations oh that's good and and things so yeah it's actually
2: interesting logo um but yeah obviously the insight probe which i talked about the other week landed on mars successfully it's going to measure measure Mars quakes, um, the Juno probe is still sending back amazing pictures of Jupiter, there's some new stuff that came up, uh, just in the early part of December that's all sort of being out in the news and everything, so if you want to have some cool pictures or see some cool footage of storms on Jupiter, they do look pretty amazing, It's, it's a lot higher resolution than the grainy stuff I've seen in, you know, growing up, I guess, um, But also, so NASA this year launched uh, six different missions into space. Some of them were just, well, not just, I shouldn't say just, but, you know, they've got weather monitoring satellites and things like that. But there's an interesting one that launched uh, in April called TESS. And TESS is short for the Transiting Exoplanet Survey Satellite. And what TESS is going to do is look for exoplanets specifically because we've got lots of different projects looking at exoplanets and figuring out where they are, uh, TESS is specifically designed to find exoplanets that will be suitable for life. Oh, really? So it's going to identify how far the planets are away from the star that they're orbiting, um, You know what composition they, their atmospheres are and all that sort of thing. So it's specifically designed to figure out which planets might be likely to to have life or be able to support life.
1: Because previously it was the Kepler Space Telescope that has done a lot of finding of exoplanets. I believe that's been retired now. Yeah, so, and they yeah. haven't
2: quite got around to replacing that yet. Well, this is what TESS is going to do. Yeah, presumably. but TESS yeah. is doing part of the job. So they've sort of honed down what the, uh, the particular tests are, whereas Kepler did all sorts of um, general teles- telescopy okay. as well, I guess. Mm-hmm. So um,
0: TESS is being launched? TESS is up there. TESS, Tess is already there. looking. Oh, yep. right. So we'll, and, and where is TESS orbiting? Well, orbiting the Earth, I yep. guess.
2: I'm um, not sure if it's geostationary or if it's just a... Uh, It'd probably be on a fairly...
1: A fair way out, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's,
2: it's, fur- it's got to be further out than all of those sort of... It would need to be geostationary, I think. I guess yeah. it's just going to be pointing where they want it to point and they can yeah. probably... Um, move it around. But that's, you know, we'll probably be hearing more information from that once it's sort of fully into its swing of, uh, of operations. Um, the other thing I did want to note is that um, it was some years ago now that Voyager 1 left the solar system. A few days ago, Voyager 2 left the solar system. So we've now got Woohoo!
0: two, two voyages.
2: spacecraft in interstellar space, effectively. Um, they've left the solar system there, out there. Um, but, you know, relatively speaking, they're still they're still in our neighborhood. Yeah, and because um,
1: like we have, like, some of the comets in the outer Oort cloud are, like, still further out. They're, like, yeah. like, it's the things that orbit the sun are huge. It's, it's yeah. huge.
2: And, and you know, they're relative to each other, they're still pretty close, but they're still the furthest things that people have ever made that we've... You know, they're the that's furthest down. away from Earth than anything that's ever been made on Earth. Wow. So that's pretty amazing. That's pretty good, yeah. Um and they were launched in the seventies, so that's taken them that long to get even just out of our solar system it just sort of gives you an idea of how big Spacey, but you also think of the technology from the 70s and they're still going and they're still sending back information. Well, one of them's got a vinyl record and they've come back in again, so yeah, it's um, you know, it's pretty amazing. Totally, I Um, think the other one has a cassette tape, yeah. Also, (laughs) I think there's a um,
0: there's a Tesla car in space. Well, that was that was
2: another thing I was going to mention the uh, Tesla's Starman, which got launched from the earth with a dummy sitting in the front seat. um, Oh, he he went up with it, did he?
0: Yeah. Oh, zing.
2: Did you just um, zing Elon Musk? I just I just zing Elon Musk if he's like, um, Musk, Musk's guys are yeah. going to come looking for you. Yeah. The, He'll accuse you of Musketeers. something outrageous. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Tesla Starman was launched in February playing David Bowie. It was, you know, big, big show offy Tesla launching a car into space for no logical reason. Because he can,
0: because um, he's a supervillain. Yeah. I mean,
2: <laughs> if anyone would do it, a supervillain yeah. would do it. If um, like the car doesn't transform into a robot or a spaceship, then what's the point? See, that's it's the thing. True. If it got to, it just passed the orbit of Mars just a little while ago, yeah. and um, you know, if it could land on Mars and Drive transform around. into a robot, <laughs> that would be great. But what's it going to do? You know, yeah. just do do burnout, do donuts do around <laughs> around the uh, the Insight probe or something, yeah. <laughs> You know, just to show off. Um, and the other thing that happened also just in the last few days is uh, Virgin Galactic. You're talking about entrepreneurs mm-hmm. getting closer to space. So Virgin Galactic have launched and returned a vehicle from the edge of space for the first time. It's designed to be a passenger vehicle, and that could open the way to space tourism, which some some astronauts are not all that happy about, actually. They don't necessarily want civilians running around up in space Um getting in, in the space. way uh, but you know this is this is the exciting stuff the other one the other thing that I was quite interested in the development of over the year the CRISPR babies were mm. sort of the culmination of this but CRISPR technology got to the point where people have actually been able to produce viable organisms which didn't exist before or at least capable of producing things they couldn't produce before so one of the exemplary ones was a yeast that i report on early in the year someone developed a yeast that could that could produce the hops flavor in beer without having to add hops to the beer and you know as far as that goes i think brewers like doing that sort of stuff and it gives them control over when they add the hops and which kind of hops they add and all that sort of stuff but you know i think that's a good demonstration of what that technology will be capable of doing and probably more interesting things than that as we Sort of go into the future. I think that's probably one of the most, certainly from the biology field, that's one of the most exciting and interesting technology mm. we've seen the whole year. I think that's definitely going to be more in the news into the point where people will stop saying CRISPR and they'll just say someone's produced a, you know, a new thing that we can do that we can use. Um, but so, yeah, that so was, beer is your top story for the year. Beer, beer is my top biology story of the year. Okay, um, and I think I'll just go and have one right now. Well that's it for another show on Lost in Science, and that's it for another year. That was the year that was in Science. You have been listening to Lost in Science, which is recorded at the studios of 3CR in Melbourne and broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network with the financial assistance of the Community Broadcasting Foundation. If you would like to contact Lost in Science in a new year, uh, you can email us at lostinsci at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter, or you can even find us on Facebook. But if you just want to listen in, you can tune in again next week please and next in. year.
0: Thanks for um, thanks, thanks for listening. listening.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for listening for the whole year. Yeah. And please tune in again. Yeah. I well, hope you've we've learned something. We hope you have too. Yeah. And if you do want to hear more in science in 2019, please join Stu, Chris, and Claire next year when they get lost in science.
0: Thanks for listening to a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online.